as you see from the screen up here, our, our topic for this Thanksgiving weekend, 2012, is uh, the introductory verses of Srimad Bhagavatam. Sometimes they're called the, the invocation verses of Srimad Bhagavatam, specifically the first three verses of Canto 1, Chapter 1. And then we'll be discussing a few more verses leading up to the six questions asked in Chapter 1. It's questions by the sages to Sutta Goswami. So we'll cover just up to that. So all of this is a it's a it's a prelude to those questions, or it's in a capsule form. It's the essence of the entire message of Srimad Bhagavatam. There are certain traditions in traditional literature, or standards, or formats followed for. Um, Vedic composition and <coughs> Vyasadeva the author of Srimad Bhagavatam is um, following the rules he makes the rules <laughs> or presents the rules and he's following the rules so one of the rules is the subject matter is explained right at the very beginning and invoking the Ishtadev, the worshipable personality of Godhead for the author. So all this is what's in the first three uh, verses of the Bhagavatam. There is the first verse is a statement of the absolute truth. We're going to cover these in more detail, so I'm just st stating them now. What is the absolute truth? And then the next verse is, what is Srimad Bhagavatam? And what is the standard of Dharma or religion? The, the, the topmost standard of Dharma or religion and the third is invoking blessings upon the reader that they may taste the nectar, the mellow, the rasa of Srimad Bhagavatam. So I thought it would be nice to start with this first morning session is what is Srimad Bhagavatam? What is it that, what is it that we're studying, spending time studying? And and why? Um, I decided in preparing for this that the verse that you see projected here, this is the what's in my heart at least as the theme of this whole presentation. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was meeting with the Mayavad sannyasis in Benares. The only reason he met with them, he was not meeting with them, but because 
the sannyasis, thousands of them, were criticizing Chaitanya Mahaprabhu because he was also initiated by Keshava Bharati and the name Bharati is detailed in Chaitanya Charitamrita but it's derived from one of the four names that come from the sannyas order from Shankaracharya and Shingari Mat. Bharati is one of the categories. So, in essence, as far as they were concerned, he was initiated by one of them, one of their Shankara sannyasis. And he wasn't doing what, what they do. He was out of line. He was, instead of studying Vedanta Sutra, he was partying. <laughs> he was singing and dancing with ordinary people and things that sannyasis don't do. And so they were criticizing him. He doesn't do what he's supposed to do. He does what he's not supposed to do. And so the devotees of Lord Chaitanya were hearing this criticism and it was paining them to hear vilification of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They didn't want to say it to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu because that would disturb him. But they felt it and he could read their disturbance and so he asked, what's disturbing you? And they, they said, do something. <laughs> They're criticizing you and we can't stand it. And if you could just give them some association then it could transform them. But Lord Chaitanya was not accepting their invitations for lunch and, and other things. He just was staying aloof. Then one, by divine arrangement, that means by Lord Chaitanya's own arrangement, one Brahmin came and invited him for lunch and said, I'd like to invite you and all the other sannyasis in Benares, all the other Mayavadis and you, you know, like 10,000 against one. Please come. So he agreed. Because it was his own arrangement. And when he came, they were all there waiting for him. You know this Leela, right? In Chaitanya Charitamrita. And Lord Chaitanya took um, a very benign, soft approach. He washed his feet at that place where everyone would wash their feet before coming, entering into the assembly area. And he sat down in the place where the foot wash was. And he was showing his position of humility. And they stood up and said, please come sit with us. And his response is, I'm not qualified to sit with you. But at the same time, he exhibited his Brahmajyoti, his divine effulgence. And the Mayavadis, that's their worshipable object is the Brahmajyoti. And there he is showing the Brahmajyoti. Wow. He's, he's not just one of us. So the chief sannyasi came and extended his hand. said, please come sit with us. So Lord Chaitanya came and sat with them in a very humble mood. <laughs> And he 
got right to the point. Prakashananda Saraswati said, why do you do these things? You do the things you're not supposed to do and you don't do the things you're supposed to do. Please explain. And Lord Chaitanya said, when I received initiation from my spiritual master, he told me, you're a fool. You're not qualified to study Vedanta Sutra. You should just chant Hare Krishna. So, I received the instruction from my spiritual master and I started chanting Hare Krishna. And then something started to happen very quickly. I was I was perspiring and tears coming from my eyes, my hair standing on end and jumping in the air and rolling on the ground and I thought I was going mad. So I went to my spiritual master and said, am I doing something wrong? He said, no, no, my boy, this is very good and quoted a verse from scripture that said specifically, when these things happen, these are symptoms of most advanced stage of spiritual life and ecstasy of love of God. And so I'm continuing following the order of my spiritual master. And Prakashananda Saraswati said, how, well, how will you protect your sannyas vows if you're not fixed in knowledge of Vedanta Sutra? You should study Vedanta Sutra. And Lord Chaitanya said, I, um, just making it simple through understanding through the, through the chanting of the holy name that the, the knowledge of Vedanta Sutra is revealed through the Srimad Bhagavatam and then he described a number of things which we'll go over a little, a little bit later and um, said to Prakashananda Saraswati what you see here if one is engaged in this way always discussing Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam and constantly chanting the holy name of Lord Krishna, in this way you'll be able to attain liberation very easily. And you'll be elevated to the enjoyment of love of Godhead. So this has been my meditation at least. Let us spend Thanksgiving Day instead of doing the other things that people in America do on Thanksgiving Day. We'll, we'll do this what Lord Chaitanya was instructing or recommending to Prakashananda Saraswati, chanting Hare Krishna, chanting the holy name of Krishna and hearing together the, the topics of Srimad Bhagavatam so that the, the doorway to liberation just swings open. And as we continue to move, the enjoyment of love of Godhead is within our reach. Let's see what happens. But So this is the, the theme of what I'm intending to do with all of you together this weekend. What Srimad Bhagavatam is, <coughs> there's many um, ways of describing what Srimad Bhagavatam is, but I'm, I've chosen two of them. One of them is uh, what Jiva Goswami describes Srimad Bhagavatam to be in Tattva Sandarbha. Fortunately, um, Gopi Puranadana Prabhu, who's no longer with us, but when he was present, he completed the translation and Baladeva Vidyabhusan's commentary 
on Tattva Sandarbha. And in Tattva Sandarbha, again, Jiva Goswami, like Vyasadeva, he begins in the classical form. He states the purpose of the book and he describes his Ishtadev. His Ishtadev is Lord Chaitanya. So the verses that glorify Lord Chaitanya and appeal to Lord Chaitanya for the blessings to compose this book. He says, one Jivakaha. Jivakaha is a diminutive for Jiva. One small Jiva, that's him, Jiva Goswami. By the mercy of one Bhatta, a learned person. He didn't say his name, because Gopal Bhatta said, don't say my name. But he's referring to Gopal Bhatta Goswami. Has given this literature and asked me to do some service of putting it in a form. Because from Gopal Bhatta Goswami's childhood, he studied Srimad Bhagavatam. After Lord Chaitanya's association, he became an ecstatic devotee with a, with a full grasp of Lord Chaitanya's teachings. Although he was born in a different sampradaya, he fully embraced Lord Chaitanya's teachings. And he knew it thoroughly and he went through the Srimad Bhagavatam from childhood and established a very unique form of commentary on the Bhagavatam according to topics. And then like like you know, at the beginning of a of something, there's a table of contents. And then you know, there's this topic and that topic and that topic, and the different topics make up different sandarvas and there's subtopics of those topics and then there's sub divisions of those topics. So there's six sandarvas and the, the leading one is Tattva Sandarva. So Tattva Sandarva because he wants to establish he says I want to talk about Krishna. He gives his reasons why he wants to talk about Krishna. <clears throat> because that's the subject of Tattva or the Sandarvas is talking about Krishna, Krishna Kata. Then he says, but before we speak about Krishna, it would be good, it would be best to explore what's the basis by which one can know Krishna, the topic which we wish to discuss. What's the pramana or the evidence or the proof that this is Krishna, so then there's a break and he goes to the next section where it's pramana kanda. Very quickly, one day you'll have the opportunity to read Kusakrata's translation of Tattva Sandarva with this a little quickie overview. He says, in order to understand, what to speak of understand Krishna? To understand anything. <laughs> Commonly there are we know from Prabhupada's teachings, three primary means. He's Jiva Goswami, so he expands the three into ten. But they're just subdivisions of the three. Direct sense perception, logic and reason, and scripture. Pratyaksha, Anuman, and Shabda. 
And he goes through and says, same as Prabhupada has done for us, there's fallibility in our senses. And so that's not so good as a means of knowing something. And our reasoning power is also limited. And someone can reason better than we can reason, and someone can reason better than that can reason. It's always inconclusive. So best is Shabda. Shabda Praman is the best. Then he goes and says, very well, for Shabda, what's the best form of Shabda? And he goes through a whole thing of, like, lengthy thing, describing section, describing different categories of Shabda. Some say that the Shrutis are Shabda, and the Smritis explain the Shrutis, so they're not Shabda. But he refers to the Shrutis, where the Shrutis say the Smritis are also Vedas. They're as Vedic as we are, without all the scriptural references. So now we have two options, Shrutis and Smritis, to know Krishna or anything. And of the two, he gives a pile of reasons why the Smritis are better. Smritis are better because the language is accessible. It's it's good for everybody. It's um, there. They were they they are preserved far more completely than the shrutis. The shrutis. There's some history in which vast portions of the shrutis were destroyed by invading kings where there were libraries, they just burned the libraries, and in short, some statistics are given where something like 8 to 12 percent, depending on which of the Rig Samayaj or, or Atarva Veda messages are, are remaining. So it's how you to understand the body of some literature if you have 8 to 12 percent of that literature. Supposing somebody gave you a Bhagavad Gita and said, here's 10% of the verses of Bhagavad Gita. Please try to understand it. It'd be difficult. Especially if you got chapter 1. To understand Bhagavad Gita. It'd be challenging. So, instead, the Smritis are available in full. Instead of in part. And... Specifically the author, because they're as Vedic as, one is as, as Vedic as the other, the Smritis explain that which is difficult to understand. The San, besides the Sanskrit is more accessible. There are these terms, Laukika and Alaukika. Transcendental, Alaukika. Worldly, Laukika. The Sanskrit of the Smritis is easier. And because it's an explanation by the author, it's easier. And it's there in its fullness. Paribrimita is the, is the word. It's full. So, that's better. There's other reasons. So then, now we're looking at the Smritis, and amongst the Smritis, what's best? Then he goes to um, the modes of nature. Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, there are three modes of nature, and amongst the three modes of nature, one of them is best. 
Which one is best? Which one of the modes of nature is best? Goodness, right. Mode of goodness. There's goodness, there's passion, and, and ignorance. And of the three, which one is best? Goodness. goodness is best. Very good. So, similarly, the Puranas, when they were compiled by Vyas, they were compiled knowing that there's different audiences. Audiences in the mode of goodness, audiences in the mode of passion, audiences in the mode of ignorance. And there are some that are mixed. So amongst the Puranas, there's 18 Maha Puranas. Six, six and six makes? Very good. 18 Puranas, Maha Puranas. Six is specifically for those persons in, influenced primarily by the mode of ignorance. Six influenced by the mode of good passion. Six in the mode of goodness. So those in the mode of goodness are best amongst the 18 Mahapuranas. And amongst those 18, amongst the six, one is the best. Because it's the Amala Purana. Amala means without mala. It's spotless. And he, then he expands what that means. There's the modes of nature. When you have goodness, there's a mix of passion and ignorance. It's directly stated in Bhagavad Gita. Wherever there's passion, there's a mix of also goodness and ignorance. And ignorance, a mix of goodness and passion, but prominently ignorance. So in the, in the quality of goodness, there's a mix. But what is that goodness that's unmixed? That's shuddha sattva. Unmixed goodness. Pure goodness. And Srimad Bhagavatam represents that literature, which is Shuddha Sattva. Amongst the Sattva literatures, or sattva, Sattvic Puranas, it's Shuddha Sattva Purana. It's Amala Purana. It's the best. And the, the purpose of the, of the Bhagavatam is specifically to describe Krishna. So, what is Srimad Bhagavatam? It's that best of all evidence. The best of all pramana. Shabda praman at its best. Srimad Bhagavatam. To describe what we wish to speak about. Krishna. Because the opening line of Srimad Bhagavatam states the Ishtadeva of Vyasadeva. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Vasudevaya means unto Krishna. I offer my Namaha unto Krishna. So that's what Srimad Bhagavatam is. What we're spending time discussing is the best means of knowing the subject matter of Krishna or the best means of knowing any subject matter you wish to know from a transcendental perspective from a flawless perspective and 
The second of what is Srimad Bhagavatam <coughs> comes directly from verses in the Bhagavatam and for that matter the other Puranas. This and this is one of the arguments that yeah, arguments, presentations that Jiva Goswami makes in Tatvas and Darvas. Not only Srimad Bhagavatam says, I'm the greatest. There are many people that say, I'm the greatest. But when everybody says He's the greatest. The, the Puranas speak of the Bhagavatam in that way. I think of it this way. Supposing I'm a, I'm a graduate student at some university and I have an important question that I'd like to ask and all the department heads of all the departments of the university have an assembly and they've agreed to honor my question. They don't know yet what my question is. So I enter the room and there's all these heads of departments of different schools of knowledge and I say, uh, who should I address my question to? And they all point to the same person. Him, because he's the best. In academia, that's never going to happen. <laughs> Anybody that knows anything about academia knows that's never going to happen. But that's what the Puranas do. They say the, the Bhagavatam is the best. And they give their reasons why the Bhagavatam is best. And one of those is Garuda Purana. So we know that the setting of Srimad Bhagavatam, as shown here, is Shukadeva Goswami, who heard the essence of the Bhagavatam from his father, Vyasadeva, who heard Srimad Bhagavatam from Narada, who heard from Lord Brahma, who received directly from the Personality of Godhead. So in disciplic succession, Shukadeva Goswami is presenting this Amala Purana to the king, which means perfect speaker, perfectly qualified receiver of the knowledge and therefore the fructification comes. Qualified broadcaster, qualified receiver. The fructification, the, the, the goal of the whole message of transmitting the message of Srimad Bhagavatam is made possible because of the qualified receiver, the qualified speaker. So here's the Garuda Purana verse where... Um, In his um, Tattva Sandarbha commentary, no, in his Paramatma Sandarbha, Jiva Goswami um, takes this verse of, from Garuda Purana and explains it. Here's his explanation. Um, I, it's, it's, it's a translation of just three anuchets. That's, that's like, like you say, chapters. And it's 105 through 108. In this 105 through 108, if you, if you like, it's online. You can go to the, the temple website and download it and read it at your leisure. And... Um, 
You better have strong jaws because the chewing gets a little, little difficult. It's like, you know, it's a very rigorous presentation of something that I'm going to try to make it like a smoothie. Real simple and yummy. Goes down real easy. But if you want to go through, just to get a sense of how Jiva Goswami puts on his boxing gloves and knocks out the impersonalists and presents the meaning of this verse of Guru Purana, you're cordially invited. Um, in his in this section um, of Paramatma Sandarbha, Jiva Goswami says it's to be understood as appropriate that for the benefit of the reader a particular Purana may promote itself and may promote the persons whom the Purana is speaking about. That's to be understood. It, it's, it, it's a service to encourage the reader to come step up and assimilate this message. But a number of the Puranas and particularly in this verse, Garuda Purana, really goes ra 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 sis boom ba the Srimad Bhagavatam is the best in very explicit terms so we're going to spend some time following the footsteps of Jiva Goswami and taking a look at what the Garuda Purana says so you can see the first one we'll go through them one by one the Srimad Bhagavatam is the most perfect Purana. There's the mode of goodness, passion, ignorance, and then there's Shuddha, goodness, pure goodness. This Bhagavatam is the best. There's a verse at the very end, towards the very end, the final chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam, which describes this. Similarly, Srimad Bhagavatam Puranam Amalam priyam. So it begins, Srimad Bhagavatam is the spotless Purana. It is most dear to the Vaishnavas because it describes the pure and supreme knowledge of the Paramahamsas. This scriptural evidence to confirm what Jiva Goswami writes. Or here's some glorifications from Skanda Purana. Skanda Purana is a big fan of Srimad Bhagavatam also. In Kali Yuga, what is the value of collecting hundreds of thousands of other scriptures if one does not keep Srimad Bhagavatam at home? So you may have some books at your home, but if you don't have Srimad Bhagavatam at your home, as far as Skanda Purana is concerned, you better get a Srimad Bhagavatam set in your home. And they probably have some at the gift shop. Take a set home with you. How can a person be considered a Vaishnava in Kali Yuga if Srimad Bhagavatam finds no place in his house? Even if he is a learned Brahmana, such a person should be considered lower than a dog eater. That's Skanda Purana. O oh, learned Brahmana Narada, 
wherever Srimad Bhagavatam is present in Kali Yuga, there the Supreme Lord goes along with the demigods. So, this is confirming this first statement the, the most perfect prana is the Srimad Bhagavatam. Here's another verse. Whoops. There, there's something out of place here. In, in the um, Matsya Purana and similar other Puranas, there's long descriptions and glorifications, direct glorifications of Srimad Bhagavatam as the best. I think this may be in the section where we're going to be discussing um, some other points about the Bhagavatam. There's many, so the point is, not only the Bhagavatam says it's the best, but the Guru Prana says it's the best, and the other Puranas say it's the best. It's the best. And in the Garuda Purana verse, it also says that the Srimad Bhagavatam is a natural commentary on Vedanta Sutra. So here's a statement again in this last chapter of Canto 12, where that's directly stated. This Bhagavatam is the essence of all Vedanta philosophy because its subject matter is the absolute truth. Because Vedanta, Atato Brahma Jigyasa is that first aphorism. What is the nature of the absolute truth? That's the, the pursuit of the Vedanta. And the Srimad Bhagavatam supplies the answer. Of course, Vedanta Sutra also supplies the answer. Janmad Yasha Yataha. There's the answer. <laughs> but in case you didn't understand that answer, read Srimad Bhagavatam because it makes the answer very clear. And in this lengthy presentation of the Garuda Purana verse, Jiva Goswami breaks down in a number of uh, explanations, pages and pages and pages of explanation why it is true that the, the Srimad Bhagavatam actually he says in, in the second half of the first verse the first verse of, Shrimad, of Vedanta Sutra is explained so that first verse 111 Vedanta Sutra is Janmad Yasya Yataha so I'm going to try to make this like baby food instead of you know something hard to chew just just a little little simple explanation coming from um, this this larger piece here of Paramatma Sandarbha three things just to give you a like a a sense a synopsis um, the first word of Vedanta Sutra Janmadhyasya Janmadi <coughs> Janma Adi beginning with Janma so in in um,
Here are the first words of Vedanta Sutra. Now, therefore, one should inquire about Brahman, Janmadhyasyayataha, are explained in the first verse of Srimad Bhagavatam, where it is said, Param Dimahi, Satyam Param Dimahi. That's the last line of the first verse of Srimad Bhagavatam. It's the last line of one of the last verses in the 12th canto. It's the first, it's the beginning and the end. What is the Srimad Bhagavatam? It's meditation upon Param Satyam, which is what Vedanta Sutra is saying. Now is the Ataha, now is the time to inquire about the Absolute Truth. The Bhagavatam is Dimahi, meditation upon the Absolute Truth. It's hard to make scholarship a smoothie, but I'll, I'll, I'm trying. He then takes the word Brahman, Brahma, Brahma Jigyasa. Brahma is, one should inquire about Brahman. What is Brahman? Dictionary definition is, it is the greatest. That's Vedanta Sutra. So within the Srimad Bhagavatam, there's the word Param. There's Satyam and it's Param Satyam. There is, there is a, a, a common sense of truth, like don't lie, you tell the truth. Like, you know, this is a glasses case. So that's a truth. It's not bubblegum. It's, you know, this is what it is. But then there is the param satyam, like in, in the absolute sense, what is this? Or what is anything? Or what is, who is Krishna? Param satyam is the dimahi, the object of meditation of the Srimad Bhagavatam. And so they're speaking the same message. He then says that Ramanujacharya says the same thing. He's like, Support. The word Brahma, according to Ramanujacharya, means he who is in every way the greatest. For this reason, the primary meaning of the word Brahma is the Supreme Person, whose transcendental qualities have no limit. That's just one statement. There's a whole huge section of another Sandarva. I'm a fan of Jiva Goswami, so he takes this word Brahman like Aham Brahmasmi or Sarvam Kalvidam Brahma. What does Brahma mean? And he the whole long section that says Brahma whenever you read in the Sruti verses Brahman it implies the personality of Godhead as much as when you speak of rays of the sun. It implies the sun because rays don't exist separate from the sun, the source of emanation. And not only, then he goes on, not only there's the sun, but there's the sun God. So the rays are an aspect of the sun God. So whenever you see Brahman, you should know. It means the personality of Godhead. It's, re, it's, 
inferring indirectly the personality of Godhead. Very, very lengthy. Very comprehensive. Bulletproof. He, he, bulletproof because he gives, some persons may argue, he, he gives the poor vipaksha. Some people may say, no, it's not that, it's, here's how you should understand it. And to that person I say, in response. And then they may say, well, we don't agree with that response because, and to that response I will say, it's just, it's just checkmate, bulletproof. It's, it's standard procedure in um, rigorous philosophical discussions by qualified scholarships, scholars. It's a form of scholarship. But so he, going back to the very beginning, he wants to talk about Krishna and the Srimad Bhagavatam is the best means to speak about Krishna. And one of the other things that it does is it's directly explaining Vedanta Sutra. It's explaining the absolute truth. And as far as Jigyasa, Atato, Brahma, Jigyasa. Jigyasa means inquiry. So he says the word Dimahi indicates inquiry because what is it that you meditate upon? Something that you're interested in. And because you're inquisitive about that which you're interested in, it's a more mature stage. Dimahi, you're meditating, you're, you're deeply contemplating that which you're inquiring about. In this way, um, then he again refers to Ramanujacharya. Ramanujacharya says the same thing. That the Srimad Bhagavatam is the best literature because it's meditation upon the absolute truth, Brahman, in the form of Krishna, the personality of Godhead. And that, I just, it's a quick summary of about five pages. Just to, to give you the flavor. Then, another phrase, very important, in the, in the first verse of Srimad Bhagavatam, the invocation verse of Srimad Bhagavatam, is the last line, Dhamna Svena Sadhana Rastakuhakam Satyam Param Dimahi. So, Dhamna Svena Narastakuhakam. So, Dhamna refers to, so that the personality of Godhead has his abode, his Dhamma. And the, the verse is saying, his Dhamma, his abode, is completely free, kuhakam, from any kind of maya or worldly contamination. <coughs> the first part says, he is the source of all of that, the material creation, which bewilders the minds of even the demigods by his own potency, but he exists in an abode that's fully transcendental. Svena means Self-sufficiently, he just—he doesn't require any assistance from anybody to manifest his his vote and all paraphernalia. It's like effortless. It's out of his own spiritual potency, and that spiritual realm is free from all contamination of anything worldly. In short, he has unlimited potencies. Unpacking it, 
There's spiritual potency. There's material potency. And there's the marginal potency. And he's the source, because of, of the beginning part, he's the source of the whole thing. That's the absolute truth. Satyam param dinahi. Which is the the explanation or commentary on, just in those last two lines of the first verse, he's explaining Vedanta Sutra. Of course, then those two lines at the end of the first verse are expanded upon in the whole Bhagavatam. It doesn't stop there. So much detailed description about creation, so much detailed description about the diluting potency, so much description about the faultless, pristine, pure, spiritual abode of the Supreme Lord, etc. The Lord and his potencies mixing are being described in the Bhagavatam from the material manifestation and the fullness of the spiritual manifestation so that we can make a... We're qualified through the first nine cantos to enter into the subject of the tenth canto where there's no material contamination. And we're not confused when Krishna performs wonderful pastimes that look like it's impossible. So it must be mythology or something. We're not confused. The potency is unlimited from the unlimited source. And it has there's no material tinge. Kuhakam. Dhamna Svena Narasta Kuhakam. I'll just do one more. This is, again, this is just a, 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 a drop made simple for where the reader, Jiva Goswami, understands his, his service. His service is to enshrine the teachings of Lord Chaitanya so that for generations and generations and generations and generations for permanently, the teachings of Lord Chaitanya will be clearly represented and cannot be refuted by somebody coming along that has a word, a word juggler. So that's his service. So it's really strong and rigorous. So I'm, I appreciate what he's doing and how he does what he's doing. So I'm just trying to share, because it's, it's relevant to our, our subject here, Srimad Bhagavatam, the, the introductory verses to Srimad Bhagavatam, what is it doing? It's explaining Vedanta Sutra. There's a Vedanta society and their whole program is study Vedanta Sutra. And the, the Mayavad Sanyasis that Lord Chaitanya encountered in Benares, they were studying Vedanta Sutra. But not, not having a clue about the conclusion, the personality of Godhead. Srimad Bhagavatam not only gives the clue, but it clearly presents it. And Jiva Goswami is showing how it is so. A one-to-one correlation between that difficult to understand Srimad Bhagavatam, Vedanta Sutra, and the easily approachable, relishable Srimad Bhagavatam.
So one more little smidgen here. And this spans over 15 texts. So he starts with the Vishnu Purana verse. And the Vishnu Purana verse says, just like illumination from a fire spreads, although the fire is in one place, and the sun, the energy of the sun and the light of the sun spreads throughout the universe, so similarly, Parabrahman, the personality of Godhead, has energies that spread throughout the whole of the creation. There's the energetic and there's the energy. Using two known example, here's, here's another one so we can understand it. So now this is going to the, the third line. Tejo varimradam yata vinimayo yatra trisargo rasha. It's saying that the, the, the creation, just like janma adi, beginning with creation and then maintenance and dissolution, they're all coming from the absolute truth. Everything comes from the absolute truth. So beginning with the creation, these are but energies of the Supreme Lord. And while they're energies of the Supreme Lord, then the next line says, he's not contaminated by those energies. The absolute truth has his own abode and, and enjoys his pastimes in his own abode and by his other potencies, he expands his other potencies and creates, maintains and annihilates and has the deluding potency where others, including the demigods, think it's real. Although it's not. Factual. That's the nature of the absolute truth. Here, yataha means from which the creation maintenance and annihilation of the material world is manifested. This means that Supreme Personality Godhead is both the creator and the ingredient of the material world. Janva Dhyasya Yataha So in case you didn't know what that meant, there's the Srimad Bhagavatam that explains it. In this third line, He's the source of those energies. He's the, he's the source and those are his energies. So he's inseparable. The, the, the creation is inseparable from him. And therefore, the other portions of this, of this first verse, he's directly and indirectly cognizant of everything. We'll come to that in our second session. So, back to the Garuda Purana verse. That's just two things. It's it's the most perfect amongst all the Puranas. It's a commentary on Vedanta Sutra. And then Garuda Purana says it establishes the meaning of Mahabharata. Well, here's another statement on um, Srimad Bhagavatam is declared to be the essence of Vedanta philosophy. Sarva Vedanta Saram, the essence of all Vedanta philosophy. Here's a statement from, from Tattva Sandarbha of Jiva Goswami where he is 
explaining. In another place he's explaining, just as in Paramatma Sandarbha, this Garuda Purana verse. And there he says, it establishes the meaning of Bar- Mahabharat from Garuda Purana verse, indicates that ascertained within the Bhagavatam is the meaning of the Mahabharat whose characteristics are stated as follows. Quote, it is said that the Mahabharat establishes the purport of all scriptures. Once, long ago, Vyasadeva made all the sages and demigods headed by Brahma place the Mahabharat on one side of a scale and all of the Vedas on the other. The Mahabharat they found weighed more because it is so great. Mahatvat and so weighty. Bara Vatvat Therefore it's called Mahabharata. Bara has the quality of being heavy. And it is great. Mahat. So Mahat Bharata or Mahabharata. And what is the meaning of that Mahabharata? According to Guruda Purana, the Bhagavatam establishes its meaning. There's many other references in this regard that say, uh, while the Srimad, while Mahabharat is presenting um, Dharma, it's also presenting Paradharma, specifically within the Bhagavad Gita. Dharma is duty. Religious duty, how you can execute your life and the duties of life in such a way that you follow the codes of religiosity or theistic life. That's Mahabharata. Right and wrong. Good and bad. Struggle between good and evil. But within that mix is Paradharma when the Bhagavad Gita presents. And and it's presented by Krishna. And Krishna very clearly says the same thing in Bhagavad Gita that the Bhagavatam is saying. Or the Bhagavatam is saying the same thing that Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita. Krishna is the source of everything. Aham sarvasya prabhavo matak sarvam pravartate Therefore one should serve him. Iti matvapa jantemam It establishes the purpose of the Mahabharata. Um Then in the Gruta Purana verse, the next statement is, it's a commentary on Gayatri, mantra. So these are very fundamental things. Vedanta Sutra, Gayatri Mantra. Gayatri Mantra is a mantra from the Rig Veda. And anybody that knows even the littlest something about the Vedas, knows the Rig Veda is very special and Gayatri Mantra within the Rig Veda is very special. Brahma Gayatri Mantra. Brahma Gayatri Mantra. It's a meditation on Brahma or Brahman. In his Paramatma Sandarbha. So, so you're from India, most of you, almost all of you. 
So you know that people that chant Gayatri Mantra have different ideas of what Gayatri Mantra is about. Yes? Some people think it's worship of the sun. Savitur, Bhargo, one's meditating upon worshipping of the sun god. Some people think like that, worshipping the sun god. And some people think, no, it's worship of the impersonal Brahman. And uh, Bhagavatam is making it clear, no, it's not worship of the impersonal Brahman, nor worship of the sun god. It's worship of the personality of Godhead, Surya Narayan, who is the supreme soul within the heart of the sun god and is the source of the illumination in the sun. Just as... Anyway, so it's a long... It, it, it's, in, it's in this... So, those of you that want to explore it in, in depth, I'm just giving a little simple summary. It's presented here that uh, just as the soul is animating the body, so also the presence of the Supreme Soul is animating the universe. Garbhadakshai Vishnu is animating the universe. And as the light of the sun is giving energy to life within the universe, it's the presence of the sun god that's giving the light of the sun and it's the presence of the supreme personality of Godhead that's giving the, the, the intelligence, the strength and the ability and the everything that the sun god requires in order to be a sun god. Just as we, re- we are receiving whatever it is that we have from the personality of Godhead because he's the absolute truth. Whatever it is that exists comes from the absolute truth. Whatever the, whatever that is, whatever the absolute truth is, everything comes from that. So it's the Brahma Gayatri is meditation upon the personality of Godhead. Um... So here's this reference from Chaitanya Charitamrita. Again, this is the talk with Prakashananda Saraswati that I spoke about in the beginning. Um, Lord Chaitanya says to Prakashananda Saraswati that the Srimad Bhagavatam is a commentary on Brahmagayatri. It's an explanation of Brahmagayatri. The authority for that is Guruda Prana also says. But he's saying, and that the terms satyam param indicate the absolute truth. Or uh, some of you are familiar with this. So, if, if you, sambandha abhideya prayojana. Anyone not familiar with that? Sambandha abhideya prayojana. Not familiar. Okay, a few. Lord Chaitanya said in his talks with Prakashananda Saraswati, he said, the subject matter is very simple, Vedanta Sutra, or any teaching. There are three parts. Relationship, Sambandha, 
everything has its source of emanation and the relationship between everything and its source that's sambandha those of you that know Hindi you know that sambandha means relationship sambandha gyan so the first two of the four parts of Vedanta Sutra speak about sambandha the absolute truth and that which comes from the absolute truth and relationship of those things with the absolute truth and establishing oneself in that relationship with the absolute truth that's sambandha then when you act in that relationship that's another category that's abhideya or sadhana and then there's the result of when you act in that relationship it's prayojana or sadhya the fruit when you act in a relationship with the personality of God what happens and these are the standards by which you can know you're properly doing the relationship part or you had a proper understanding of the uh, the correlation between whatever and the source of emanation between yourself and the source of emanation or some part of creation and the source of emanation and, and then how to act in relationship with those things and the absolute truth and then the fruit so those are the three and Lord Chaitanya is saying to Prakashan and to Saraswati that Satyam Param indicates Sambandha the relationship of the absolute truth and all things that come from it and then Dimahi indicates the action in that relationship in this case it's meditation upon but meditation upon then is followed by practical service and then the ultimate goal through the medium of service one becomes established in that relationship and one experiences as he said in exactly the very next verse the experience of the ecstasy of love of God the mature fruit comes from following the process so just in that phrase satyam param dimahi sambandha abhideya and prayojana the whole of Vedanta Sutra is there and then it's unpacked like anybody here make ever make ghee wicks you take a bunch of cotton and a little bit of ghee and you put the cotton in a little bit of ghee and you, you turn it and you put a little more ghee and you turn it and it gets tighter and tighter and tighter and it gets, you get a ghee wick then you can do it the other way take the cotton and just fluff it out into little fibers you get little 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 strands of cotton that's what the Bhagavatam is it's taking the ghee wick and then it's got this strand and that strand and that strand you put it all together you got a ghee wick the ghee wick is satyam param dimahi it's meditation upon the relationship of all things with the absolute truth and then acting upon that relationship in the form of devotional service and experiencing the fruit the fullness the, the mature stage of acting in that relationship that's satyam param dimihi in the Bhagavatam is all the strands of fiber that make up the giwik and then you put it all together so you, you can take it apart and you can put it together 
in a, in a very capsule form. Mahaprabhu is saying, everything is there within this first verse. Satyam param dimahi. And what is that? It's already been described. He is the source of everything in, in this material creation, yet he has his own abode that's free from material contamination. And, and so there's this the, the matter and spirit and the controller of both. And he is the source, the cause of all causes, the absolute truth. So it's a commentary on Gayatri Mantra. Here's a um, another reference. This is the Matsya Purana reference that I was making before. This that Purana, known as Srimad Bhagavatam, which explains the topmost position, the principles of religion, with reference to the Gayatri Mantra. The, the very phrase Dimahi tells it. Because in Sanskrit there are different words for meditation. Yes? In the um, Eightfold Yoga System, Ashtanga Yoga System, the last three, Dhyana, Dharana, and Samadhi, it means meditation and meditation and meditation. <laughs> but it's different stages or degrees or intensities of meditation. And samadhi is completely absorbed. And then there's stages before that and stages before that. Dhyana, dharana, samadhi. And dhimihi also means meditation. But it's a particular form of meditation within the Sanskrit language. It indicates Gayatri. It's, it, you hear dhimihi, Gayatri. It's meditation specifically upon the Absolute Truth. Brahma Gayatri. Meditation upon Brahman. As is Vedanta Sutra. So these are very foundational messages. But Garuda Purana is saying it's all there in the Bhagavatam. You don't need to go anywhere else. You don't need any other literature. If you just have this one literature in your library, Srimad Bhagavatam, you're set. Then there's other things that help understand that one thing. So that's nice. The Sandharvas help us understand that one thing. And, you know, the other day someone was describing to me how he came to Krishna consciousness. And um, he had grown up in India, you know, learning this and reading that and worshipping this way and that way and the other way. And he was kind of confused. And somehow he got one of Prabhupada's books. And it was one of the small books. I can't remember which one it was, Beyond Birth and Death or the Rajavidya or something like that. And just by reading one of Prabhupada's small books, the light went on. And, you know, this is it. You know, I, I want to, it's in the beginning, it shows some other books, and so we got some of the other books, and he was fast-tracking on his way to find the, the author of this book and those who are following what these teachings say. Now he's practicing Krishna consciousness very happily. And it's, it's, he's looking back on his life thinking, boy, I'm sure I, I'm so glad I found this oasis of spiritual knowledge because the other was very difficult. He had a propensity for learning, but it was too confusing. 
We all know what that one was like before we came to Krishna consciousness. So, with reference to the Gayatri Mantra, which tells of the killing of the demon Vritra, this is important. Um, in the sixth canto, Srimad Bhagavatam, there's a whole section, nice section, on Vritrasura. Note, that does not appear in any of the other Puranas except Devi Bhagavat. But all of the other Puranas is exclusive in Bhagavat Purana. So just in case there's some question about which Purana is being referred to, it's that one. It's the best. The highest principles of religion are being taught in it. And moreover, it has 18,000 verses. Which, by the way, Jiva Goswami comments, Devi Bhagavad also has 18,000 verses. And since it also speaks about Vritrasura, maybe that's the, that's the best. He addresses that, you know, the Purva Paksha. Some people say, but it's not Satyam Param Dimahi. That's where it misses the boat. It's not meditation upon the absolute truth. The Shakti is not Shaktiman. The source of energy and the energy from which everything comes are distinct, although they're inseparable. So, whoever writes out a copy of Srimad Bhagavatam places it on a golden lion throne, like an asana, an altar, and presents it to someone on the full moon day of the month of Bhadra, will attain the supreme goal. So if you want to attain the supreme goal, make a handwritten copy of Srimad Bhagavatam, put it on a golden throne, and give it to someone on the full moon date of the month of Bhadra. If you're going to do that, you're going to be absorbed in the Srimad Bhagavatam anyway. <laughs> so just read it. <laughs> but it's glorifying. This is such a literature that you're, you're going back to Godhead. Just make a gift of Srimad Bhagavatam. Look up in your Vaishnava calendar. What's the month of Bhadra, the full moon? And give a Bhagavatam set to somebody. Make a nice throne. Give it to them. Go back to Godhead. Similarly, Skanda Purana is appreciating. I'll just go through this quickly. And as you see, below the reference where it comes from, the Agni Purana, Srimad Bhagavatam, Skanda Purana, here's the Skanda Purana reference. In Kali Yuga, what is the value of collecting hundreds and thousands of other scriptures if one does not keep Srimad Bhagavatam at home? How can a person be considered a Vaishnava in Kali Yuga if Srimad Bhagavatam finds no place in his house? Oh, we discussed this. Even if he's a learned Brahmana, such a person should be considered lower than a dog eater. Oh, learned Brahmana Narada, wherever Srimad Bhagavatam is present in Kali Yuga, there the Supreme Lord goes along with the demigods person who faithfully recites one verse of Srimad Bhagavatam every day, O sage, attains the fruit of reading the 18 Puranas. So if you don't have a Srimad Bhagavatam set yet, you know what to do. Read one verse a day. You can read more than one verse a day, but read one verse a day. In 18,000 days, you've you completed the Bhagavatam. 
And you do like that and you're on your way back to Godhead. In this final chapter of the Bhagavatam, it's stated, just as the Ganga is the greatest of all rivers, Lord Achuta is the supreme among deities, and Lord Shambhu, the greatest of Vaishnavas, we know this line, Vaishnavadam Yata Shambhu, so Srimad Bhagavatam is the greatest of all Puranas. Purananam idam tata. Purananam idam tata. The next thing that the Guru Purana says is it expands the Srimad Bhagavatam, expands the meaning of the Vedas. It expounds the meaning of the Vedas, but it also expands. Like that example of the cotton pulling it out the little strands. The little, little fibers. And so you, you're, when you study the, the Srimad Bhagavatam, there may be just this little strand over here, and it's, it's not a story, it's all this heavy philosophy about creation and the different energies and, you know, head-breaking stuff. But it's, it's part of the absolute truth. Put it all together, and it'll, it'll make you a nice giwik. You, you'll have deepa, you'll have light from the Bhagavatam. Because the Absolute Truth includes everything. And how is everything part of the Absolute Truth? It's right in the Bhagavatam. You can say, Janmadhyasya Yataha. But then the Bhagavatam expands its meaning. Yes? And then it's also said that the Srimad Bhagavatam is the Samaveda of the Puranas, just as Krishna speaks of the Samaveda in the opulences of the Absolute Truth amongst the Vedas, I'm the Samaveda. Because it's very sweet and it's melodious and it's very rich and full of deep meaning. And so similarly the Bhagavatam. Um, I, I extracted it from here also. Well, I mean, I'll just read it because it's nice. This is from Paramatma Sandarbha. Jiva Goswami is taking these meetings of the Gruta Purana and explaining them. Text 25. The Supreme Lord describes himself in these words in Bhagavad Gita of the Vedas, I am Samaveda. He also says of hymns, I am the Brihat Sama sung to Lord Indra. The Supreme Lord is also glorified in these words of the Brihatsama. Quote, so this is from Brihatsamaveda. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is the Supreme Abode. He is beyond the earth, beyond the sky, beyond the material heavenly worlds. He is greater than the great. He is more handsome and glorious than all the glories of this world. So it's, he's the... The, the, the Srimad Bhagavatam is the, the Samaveda amongst the Puranas. And the next it says it was spoken by the Lord himself, which is important because the Vedas are understood as direct manifestation of Lord Narayan. Yes? 
that's what makes them special because they're directly manifest by the breathing of Lord Narayan and then received by various personalities in different ways and then presented. That's the Shrutis. But the Srimad Bhagavatam is also directly spoken by the Lord Himself and is confirmed. Tene Brahmaridaya Adikavaye. Directly the personality of Godhead, Garbhadakshay Vishnu, spoke, imparted into the heart of Lord Rama this message and he received it. Just like when there were the demigods were appealing for Krishna to descend to save Mother Earth because of the overpopulation of demoniac kings. When the prayer went to Lord Vishnu, the only one who heard his response was Lord Brahma because he had a special receiver. And the Lord has a special broadcaster for those who have special receivers in their heart. And then he, the Lord told him, please relay the message to the demigods that they should take birth on earth first. So, Tene Brahma Hridaya Adikavaye, that the speaker of the Srimad Bhagavatam is the Lord Himself. And finally, the Garuda Purana verse says there's 12 cantos, hundreds of chapters, and 18,000 slokas. So, that's the Srimad Bhagavatam, that, that the subject matter that we're going to be discussing this weekend. Um, Shuddhar Swami, in his commentary, he's the foremost of commentators on the Bhagavatam. According to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, anyone who writes about the Bhagavatam must be in complete fidelity with the commentary of Shuddhar Swami. So Shuddhar Swami expressed that not only the Bhagavatam says so many things about itself, and the Gruta Purana says some things about itself, but some of the oldest Puranas, they make direct references to the Srimad Bhagavatam. The Padma Purana, Narada Purana, Vamana Purana, Garuda Purana, Skanda Purana, Matsya Purana, they speak about the glories of the Bhagavad Purana. It's the best. So that's what we're going to be working with, the best. The best amongst the best. Superlative best. Um... Shuddhar Swami says, this Bhagavad Purana, in addition to Vritrasura, it speaks about Hayagriva giving Brahmavidya transcendental knowledge. So, so that there's no confusion, well, maybe that one's the um, Bhagavad Purana, that one's the Bhagavad Purana. All these descriptions make it very clear what we're discussing, what, what Srila Prabhupada very kindly made the, the translation for, and on the basis of our great acharyas, we're spending the time going back now to our, our theme of what Lord Chaitanya said to Prakashananda Saraswati is that the, the door for liberation is going to swing open just by discussing the Srimad Bhagavatam very carefully and by chanting the holy name of the Lord. Combine these two things and very quickly the entrance into the spiritual world with the, the joy of love of God can be accessed. At least to some degree. The opportunity is there to a full degree. 
hopefully we'll make some, according to our relative positions, we'll make some progress in that direction. Hare Krishna. Krantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Any comments or questions? Otherwise we'll break for breakfast. Up front here? You have something? Yes. Okay. Okay. Do it. Say it again. I, I, did, I missed so your question. Mahabharat, for example. Um, that's a loaded question. <laughs> there, there are many scholars who have presented their Mahabharat, as you know. And many scholars doesn't mean that there's many bona fide versions of Mahabharat. Um, that question that you just asked, similar version of Ramayan, was asked of Srila Prabhupada. And... Um, he recommended a particular translator's rendering of Mahabharat. But he, you know, he wasn't, wasn't fully satisfied with it. So, the, the abridged, simplified form of Krishna Dharma seems to me to be nice. Nice presentation. It's not the full Mahabharat. Hridayananda Maharaj was taking, undertaking the task of completing Mahabharata and he never completed it. Although when he was doing it, it was really, really nice. Chapters were coming, or portions were coming out in Back to Godhead magazine. But he got distracted with other service, so he didn't complete. So I don't know, other than what I just told you. And I don't know the name. I could research it and find out, you know, what did Prabhupada say with a bona fide... or with some, something that we could safely read. Mahabharat. Thank you, Yes. Thank you for being worried about the books in the market. <laughs> I'll do this. I'll make a note. Um... I think a person that will... Fortunately, we have still with us Hari Sori Babu, who has like this amazing historical record of things that Prabhupada said and did. In part because of his service, but also it's, just, it's been his absorption. So I'll, I'll write to him and ask me in a day or two and I'll, I'll see what, if Hari Sori can come up with the answer to that. Maybe Hidayan Andamaraj will also know. But he'll probably say, no, they're, they're, they're mumbo-jumbo. Yes. Here's, there's the microphone. Look at that. Is that someone who, whoever writes a handwritten copy of the Srimad Bhagavatam and puts it on a, on a golden lion throne? 
to present it to someone, yeah. do you have to handwrite it? <laughs> well, let's see. I have a great witness. I can just read it. <laughs> Whoever writes out a copy of Srimad Bhagavatam, well, let's say like something that Jiva Goswami did is he had he commissioned brahmanas that were good as, as scribes and they wrote things out right they made copies of the Goswami literature so you could commission the BBT you please make a nice copy for me I'll give you some payment and, and then that, that will work okay someone else It's it's in the category. <coughs> excuse me. It's in the category of smriti because it's explaining shruti by its own statement. It's explaining shruti, but the explanation is directly coming from the personality of Godhead to explain the shrutis. It's in the category of smriti. It's it's purana. The form of it is purana. It's history. Explaining the shrutis. Explaining, you know, from the shruti mantras, the Gayatri mantra from Rig Veda. Yes? Up front. Maharaj... It's not <coughs> some satyam param is a declaration of Sambandha, the absolute truth and everything that comes from the absolute truth. That's Sambandha, is Satyam Param. The Dimihi part is both the action, acting within the relationship by active meditation upon the Supreme, and from that the goal, the fruit comes. As Lord Chaitanya says in the next verse, that by chanting the holy name and by studying Srimad Bhagavatam very quickly the door to liberation opens and the ecstasy of love of God it, one can experience. Prayojana. Dimahi. Prayojana comes from the word dimahi. You know, the fruit comes from that word. It's in, built in. Is that right? From the ladies' side, anything? Okay. Thank you very much. Shila Prabhupada Ki Sai.